0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together, out loud, chapter by chapter, looking at it. Well, this is the question. Is it a couple of psalms, or is it one psalm today? Psalms 114 and 115, though, in your English Bibles, the interesting thing is this is actually presented as just one big psalm, 113, if you're looking at the Septuagint. What's the septuagint? We've talked about that before. That's such a weird word, right? Um, but yeah, this, this is this is some good stuff, and I think uh, even perhaps more interesting. Actually, this is a psalm or psalms that has to deal with Exodus, and so you've got this idea of you know, when Israel went out from Egypt, and the sea looked back and fled, and what ails you that you flee, O sea? Uh, and just this language that really complements all the stuff we've been looking at in Exodus. So a different perspective, a poetic one on the stuff that we've actually been reading here so neat opportunity to see how it's not like exodus is the only place that talks about the exodus so good stuff to be looking at today uh, and not really that much of a detour from our regularly scheduled programming and joining us today we've got our Returning Psalms expert who agreed to be, uh, you know, up for this kind of interesting challenge here. We've got Pastor Nathan Matter, pastor at St. John Lutheran Church in Plymouth, Wisconsin. Good morning, brother. Thanks for being a good sport. How is it going? How are the brothers and sisters up there in Plymouth?
1: Hey, put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. Um, No, things (laughs) things are things are going really well up here. Uh, I mean, it's a uh, we have we have one of those. Finally, we it was it was pretty hot. It, we were not the frozen chosen for the last couple of weeks. It was it was. Uh, <laughs> see, now the the folks who live in the St. Louis area who are listening to this, they laugh at us. But you know, when when it gets to be about eighty five, eighty seven around here, all of these Northerners think that you know think that that you know they've been uh, su- suddenly trans, uh, translated to the uh, seventh layer of hell, and and that it's so hot yeah. that they're all going to die. And, <laughs> But we have a Chamber of commerce kind of day to day, which is really kind of sad because I should be out playing golf, but that's another story uh, oh. I, I, that that darn conscience and puritan work ethic you gets me every time
2: oh um, yeah yeah that's right
1: but no we're uh we're weathering this we're uh weathering the storm like everyone else you know with this pandemic going on in fact, we just had you know which is was pretty remarkable for us. I just found out today that we have our first positive uh in in the congregation so uh um,
2: ah, okay. not
1: not someone who had been in worship or anything but it's our first one yeah. and uh and uh someone in ICU right now so uh it's uh it's a it's a it's a strange time um and yeah. doing uh doing visitations and and having conversations and and uh see, seeing how how wonderfully gracious God's people are as we try and navigate this I have uh, I, I don't very I don't very often save memes um, but for those of you who are uh, facebook aficionados, um, it is important to go back to those memes that were floating around in in mid march that said uh, be patient with your pastor he 's never pa- he 's never pastored a church through a global pandemic um and uh, kind of <laughs> and because now we 're dealing with because uh, it 's you know here we are at the end of you know the mid middle of july and and yeah. uh and August rolls around we've got a day school of 200 kids and we're trying to figure out how to, you know what we're going to do with school we're trying to figure out how we continue in with in-person worship and trying to minimize risk and it's just been uh, so these these little journeys into the psalms once a month is a is a welcome respite
0: yeah and also you know just as you were saying we've none of us have gone through these things before navigated these things before this is i think why these these psalms, I, th- I think this is why these psalms do this. I think a lot of uh, people who do, like, the historical work on these things say, well, th- this seems like it was perhaps composed during the exile or right around the time of the exile, and so when Israel was going through something unprecedented, right? Like, right. Th- they would have said, you know, please be patient with your priest. He's never uh, gone through a, an exile of the exactly. entire people of Israel before, right? I, I mean, that's, that's what had going on for them, and so what did they do? Well, they went back to the past. They said, well, this is what we have gone through before, and God saw us through the other side. So we don't know exactly how this thing is going to pan out, but we know that we're going to be okay.
1: Which is one of the remarkable dangers of what we saw in the previous few weeks uh, in our in our nation. Where there was this desire to kind of erase and rewrite history, uh, to erase and rewrite history, um, you know, I, I've I've got a piece that's going to be coming out in in the stewardship blog for Synod that deals with the fact that um, you can't teach stewardship without history. Um, you know, yeah. it, it, our faithful, you know, we and and I, I've, it's very hard for us to be faithful children of God without a well without being well versed in our history. Um, yeah. For for two reasons, for two reasons, and I think this plays to what we're talking about. This is not just a your typical meader filibuster, um, <laughs> uh, but but I I, th- I think it's very informative of why we're looking at these, you know, why we're looking at these two psalms in the English or, or the one psalm in the Septuagint, um, you know, because it is that rehash because history leads us to do two things. History, first of all, leads us to repentance because in, in our history we see where we've fallen. But then it also, that repentance also leads us to rejoicing because as we follow the history of our failure, of our sinful failures, and, and, and we see that, that, that each generation almost tries to one up the generation before it in its faithlessness. And yet, when we view history, it leads us to rejoice because we have that God who does not change, who pursues us like a husband, who who uh, who refuses to give up on his wayward bride. And, and I think you're absolutely right. As we look at this, uh, and as we look at these unprecedented times, I have to joke because my oldest son, who's a Lutheran school teacher, um, he, he, he threatened to have us do a—to uh, watch the news one night and do a drinking game, and every time you heard the word unprecedented, we had to do a shot.
2: Or oh, dear. Oh, we dear. We didn't do
1: that. We that, didn't that would that. get out of hand
0: really fast. That would have
1: been alcohol poisoning. But, <laughs> yeah, um,
2: that's—yeah.
1: But, but, you know, it, it's one of those things. You know, the best—in w- education, in the faith, when you face the unknown, rather than contemplating your navel— or, or 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 waxing poetic, it is more important for us to understand what we know. You start when you are when you are confronting something you do not know. You must start what you with what you know, and then and, and then allow what you know plus your experience to lead you to face the future. And, yeah. and that's exactly what God is doing here. He's 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 leading them to what they know. What they know is this faithful God who has a pattern of delivering his people, and that's what allows them to face the unknown.
0: Amen. That's, uh, that's the pattern that, that we're going to find, I think, to be very helpful for us as we look at this here in Psalm uh, 114 and 115, uh, without any further ado, let's go ahead and turn to the text. Would you open us up with a prayer?
1: Lord God, heavenly Father, we come to you this day uh, in, in in full view of of your mercies, which are undeserved and yet richly poured out. And it says far more about you than it says about us. We rejoice that you have given us another day to be your people, another day to to feast on this this. Uh, seven course meal that is your word to be fed and strengthened to be uh to be reminded of our need for repentance and to recall our opportunity to rejoice repentance over our sin rejoicing over your mercy merciful grace driven forgiveness presence and and guiding uh, Lord, we pray that you would be with us in, our, in this time of study as we as we go through these psalms. We pray that you would lead us to, to an understanding and a comprehension that leads us to look to you uh, for an answer for that which is unprecedented, both in our lives with you and in the world in which you have placed us to live. Lead us to that end for the sake of Jesus, our Savior, in whose name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. All right. Well, I think we've we've uh, given this a lot of good context and um, introduced it pretty thoroughly. So let's just go ahead and read read it straight through here. So as as you were saying, this is just the one Psalm one thirteen in in the Septuagint, but it's one fourteen to one fifteen here in the English translations, which follow the Masoretic text, and we'll talk all about these things. But I'll just go ahead and read them as they are. Uh, in our English standard version here, 114 and 115 from the top. When Israel went out from Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of strange language, Judah became his sanctuary, Israel his dominion. The sea looked and fled, Jordan turned back. The mountains skipped like rams, the hills like lambs. What ails you, O sea, that you flee, O Jordan, that you turn back? O mountains that you skip like rams, O hills like lambs. Tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, who turns the rock into a pool of water, the flint into a spring of water. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give the glory, for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Why should the nations say, Where is their God? Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths but do not speak, eyes but do not see. They have ears but do not hear, noses but do not smell. They have hands but don't feel, feet but don't walk. And they do not make a sound in their throat. Those who make them become like them, so do all who trust in them. May the Lord give you increase, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. The heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth he has given to the children of man. The dead do not praise the Lord, nor do any who go down into silence, but we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Just really cool psalms on so many levels. Uh, I, I mean, I really like, po- po- just before we go before go ahead,
1: we go, yeah. go too crazy. I really like the way the ESV laid this out. Yeah. Because if you understand the fact that 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 the Septuagint takes this as a whole. Yeah. So 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 basically, I, I think what what they did is they 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 did a great job. In, in in honoring both both concepts.
2: Yeah. Where they,
1: they, they didn't smush it together and, and say, hey, we get, we're gonna we're going we're gonna side with the Septuagint on this one. But mm. but the way they typeset it, the way that, the mm-hmm. way it, it, it reads straight through. And mm-hmm. I and I think you know, so I think you know, with with that background in mind, knowing that this is one psalm in the Septuagint. Mm-hmm. Um you know I think they they did a wonderful job, and I think, as our hearers follow with this and they look at the way it 's laid out you know it 's important too that you understand that that especially in a, in a docu- in, in, in a in a translation like the e s v the the layout is not accidental the layout is purposeful. Right. Um, and 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 you know so so they you know they 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 tend. I think the ESV did a really nice job of of, of trying to to represent that which is poetic um, in, in, a, in a very in a very clear way. And, and this is one of the reasons why I know there are people who who, who you roll their eyes at it. But I, I I think there's there's something really good about the way they handled this. So. Sorry not to take up too much more time.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's uh, that's something that you got to pay attention to, that, you know, when you have all these things, you know, because there are no paragraph you know, markers between uh, mm-hmm. everything in the Hebrew text. Well, I mean, there kind of are, and we, and we can talk about that, but there's not like a big space like there is between uh, verse Correct. 1 and verse 2 or verse 3 and verse 4 like we have Correct. in 115 in the English edition, right? So when they're doing this stuff— uh, they're they're trying to say something, uh, you know, about about the structure here. And so, I mean, I, I do think that, I think you're right, that there is a little bit of this, um, with the way that they have laid it out, you know, just these kind of like two verses, two verses, two verses, and they keep going like that, like these two lines, uh, two verses, that it does seem to kind of suggest just to the eyes, like, hey, we, we just kind of kept going at the same rhythm, Mm-hmm. From one fourteen into one fifteen, um, and, and when you keep that rhythm, I, I mean, well, I mean, it, it is for a psalm. I think um, it, it it makes particular use, I think, of refrain. You know, like right. in in, in one fifteen around verse nine. You know, it's really cool. Is he is their help and their shield? I mean, that's very strong an antiphon right there. Right where yep. you know, uh, voice A says the first line, voice B says the second line. Right, and and this. Uh, you know, ever ever since I had a professor at the seminary point this out to me, um, it I, I just gain I just began to share in his pet peeve. But most psalms are supposed to be read um, responsively, half verse by half verse. I, right. I mean, this is this is the idea. I mean, right here is that the congregation would say, "He is their help and their shield," right? And so right. they kind of have the easy part that everyone can do, even the children, right? You just tell your kid next to you, "Hey, Ellie." When the pastor's done speaking, you say he is their help and their shield. Can you say that? And my four-year-old can follow along, right? I mean, this is actually, you know, if you if you look at like the structure of this liturgical stuff, it 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 just kind of just jumps out at you how hey, children could do this. Everyone could be involved, right? Um, And and they can get into it. And so you got that. You've got um, the repetition. You know, he will bless. He will bless. He will bless um, just, just kind of throughout it's, and then, and then in the first part, it uses repetition in Psalm, uh, 114 is uses repetition, like a taunt, right. And which I think is really cool. So, uh, whether it's like the the taunting repetition or the, the triumphal repetition, like with the antiphon, it's really, it's really cool like that.
1: Yes. I, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, you, you, you know, And this is one of the beautiful things, and one of the things I've done in my personal devotions is I have taken, I've gone back to, for the psalm of the day in my personal devotions, actually singing them. Yeah. And it's amazing how, you know, if you, can you get it, can you get the sense of a psalm? you know just by looking at the words yes you can just like you can pick up lutheran lutheran service book and get the sense of a hymn just by reading the words but there is something there is something very powerful about the 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 combination of senses the combination of media you know spoken when you marry the spoken word with a musical text there is something there there is something amazingly powerful um, and 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 marketers have known this for generations. you know they you know how is it you know which jingles stick in your head? They are the most <laughs> inane, stupid, but that they 've got that perfect marriage of text and tune, and yeah. they get there you know and this is where you get the earworm. Well, guess what if you you can do this you, you, there there is an earworm characteristic to psalms as well when you marry the text with music uh, and and by the way you don't have to be a really good singer to do this but but the, oh, when yeah, you yeah, marry yeah. You, when you marry these cuz cuz tones, i mean it's three notes it's three notes come on you can Oh yeah.
2: Three notes. yeah you know
1: even, one, even you know even even one note nelly can fake their way through a three note uh, chant line you know but i think there's something really powerful with that
2: yeah,
0: if nothing else, you could kind of like you know do like a rhythmic chant speak mm-hmm. like they did in Hamilton. You know, it would it would work I think the same way, uh, <laughs> but, without, but yeah, without, it, it, yeah, without
1: the f bombs. So oh, I'm sorry. Well,
0: <laughs> well, okay, yeah, yeah, fair disclaimer, yeah. right? But yeah. so, but yeah, you know, and uh, not only is it kind of the earworm effect, right? But but it helps you get. I mean, it helps you understand the meaning a little bit better, right? I mean, just, just in this, in the, like I was saying, like how, you know, if you have the repetition where it's, you know, the, the the priest and then the people, or in the first part, how it's like a taunt, right? When you pay attention to that kind of structure and repetition and things like that, you kind of get the feel for it, right? Because um, otherwise, when you're just kind of doing it like a robot, you're just sort of like, well, why is it repeating the same thing over again? I'm not getting any more um, information this this proposition seems to be semantically equivalent to the previous, and, and it's just you're, you're just you're not getting it on, on the um, the emotive, intuitive level. Yeah, you know, like you were yeah. like you are saying there's there's other other levels of processing this than just the one that's kind of looking for you know propositional content. But they take uh, a step but,
1: back, Captain Obvious, and actually experience the text.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, so so without uh, any more kind of generalizations here, let, let's go and, and look at the beginning. So interesting thing, uh, right off the bat, is where they're putting the beginning of the psalm, because it's interesting how this is this is book five of the psalter, and in book five, uh, a lot it, it seems like almost all of them um, have some kind of heading. Uh, When when you go through, like, if you just go back, even in in the English translation here, right, and say, Mm -hmm. just look at Psalm uh, 111, or 112, or 113, how do they all start? They all start with the line, praise the Lord. Um, And and what's interesting, the Septuagint takes that as the superscript title, not as in praise the Lord, but a praise the Lord. This is a praise the Lord, uh, if you actually, a really neat, uh, a translation that was done recently. It's the, um, uh, what, what's it, the Lexham English Septuagint. And they just actually, this went and translated the Septuagint into English. So if you if you don't know Greek and Hebrew, it's fine. You can look at a translation that will get you the nuances of this other uh, witness to the text. And mm-hmm. they translate it as a hallelujah. This is a hallelujah psalm. Right. Oh, okay. And, and that kind of, I think, Helps make some sense of it, and so when the, when the Septuagint does that here, and and so and one thirteen nine instead of it ending on praise the Lord, um, and I think the ESV actually notes this, yeah, yes, perhaps it does, it does. yeah, and, and with a little footnote, yeah, 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 that that this is like the title. So hey, what is one fourteen? Well, it's a Hallelujah Psalm, um, and and so is one fifteen with it, and that kind of immediately then says okay. So that's what we're doing here. Uh, wh- what do you think in terms of, you know, this uh, bit about where you're kind of drawing the lines, and what does it mean for yeah. something to be a hallelujah well, psalm?
1: Well, you know, well obviously, because it's focusing, you know, again, it, 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 it's hallelujah, praise the Lord, because it's the Lord doing the actions. That's the biggest thing. You know, th- again, these are the broken people. These are the broken people of God. Um, By the way, also, these are tied in almost, these are most likely used at Passover, which is going to be the big deal, you know? That this is going to, this is their, this is the highlight of what they're talking about. You know, that this is when they were delivered by God's might, by God's mighty hand, and I, it wasn't that Moses was the first first coming of General Patton. You know, this was <laughs> God's action. You know, and I want to look. I want you to look at something real quick. Is if you if you if you follow through, you have a praise the Lord at the beginning of thirteen. The yeah. next real praise the Lord you see is. 117 or at Hmm. the end of it right at the end of what if this is laid out like a couple of the hymns that we have in lutheran service book where there is there is a string of hallelujahs and then you sing the song and then you close it with a string of hallelujahs you know Hmm. think of this as a liturgical setting this is one of those hymns that when i was a kid you know and we picked up tlh and said Oh Lord, are we going to sing all 27 verses today?
2: <laughs> you know,
1: and, and there's going to be a page turn and an intermission. But but you know, but this is one of the things. Music, good music always tells a story. And this is what they this is what the psalmists are doing. So so you're if you look at this, maybe this just you know, maybe this is rather than um, rather than looking at this as a liturgical element, what if we're looking as in this section in in this book 5 what if we are looking not at a liturgical section but what if we're looking at an entire liturgy yeah what if we're looking at an entire liturgical setting that is leading god's people in worship and they're singing it back and forth and and it's it at you're right it's set up for that antiphonal singing it is incredibly powerful and in it, in it, it's it's that rehearsal, again, yeah. the remembering of who God is, what we're not, and who He proves to be.
0: Well, and we got to talk about like the the big those big themes here, but we have to take our break mm-hmm. here, but everybody, hang on, we're looking at Psalms 114 and 115 here on thy strong Word today. We'll be right back <laughs>
3: Our listeners and supporters are talking about Worldwide KFUO.
0: Yeah, I think your programming is just wonderful. I love the emphasis on the traditional tunes rather than the modern music. Keep up the good work. Thank you.
3: To leave a message on the KFUO comment line, call 314-996-1542. That's 314 314- Christ for you, anytime, anywhere, worldwide KFUO have you ever wondered if your investments could do more? I mean, a whole lot more. This is Rahema Kavuga, Synod Relations Manager of Lutheran Church Extension Fund. When you invest with us, you not only earn a competitive interest rate, but your investment goes to strengthen Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, church workers, congregations, schools, and organizations through low-cost loans and services. To learn more, visit lcef.org backslash invest101.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor AJ Espinosa. We're looking at Psalms 114 and 115 today. Just uh, made some comments and reflections here on the structure, on the title. Uh, these sorts of things. And and uh, Pastor Nathan Metter, pastor at St. John Plymouth, Wisconsin, our guest today, was just talking about, well, maybe the best way to look at this is not so much like, you know, this is just, you know, here's this psalm or this song or this, you know, this text or this chapter, but, you know, this, this is a liturgy here. And uh, I, I think there's a lot to that, and, and particularly what I want to talk about a little bit is how, uh, well, really you've got this whole run from, from 111 to 119, and we're going to talk about that in just a second. But if you've got any questions or observations for us here, and you're listening live, great opportunity. Give us a call, 1-800-730-2727, or if you're in St. Louis, 314-821-0850. You can always send an email to kfuo at kfuo.org, or you can hop on the live stream, facebook.com slash espinosa. I want to give a shout out to our underwriters at the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Thank you guys for your support of Thy Strong Word. Their website, LHFmissions.org. All right. So, what we were just saying, this this progression, right? What's interesting, if you look at the Septuagint, they have that title, A Hallelujah, on every psalm from 110 to 118, which, you know, in in our numbering is going to be. I, I guess in the English numbering that would make it one eleven to one. Uh, I always I guess, that, I
1: actually that, that gives me headaches.
0: I just can't... Oh, I know <laughs> I, I know I know just just the way, the way it is right because it's like they're one off to start with right and then. Right. The, the, yeah, I know, and you're just like, oh my gosh, I can't even keep track of it. But, uh, okay, I'm just going to leave it there then. Uh, <laughs> it, it, I think, I think it's actually 119, uh, but it's like the really big long one that's got all 20 letters of like, or 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet, right? And it yep. just goes through and it's like, you know, you're like, whoa, this is way more Psalms than I bargained for, right? They said we're just going to do one Psalm. I didn't realize it was like that though. Um, but it's, it's kind of like the big, uh, climax of the section. Right. Um, right. And, and so I, I think that kind of complements what what you're saying that, you know, if this is like a kind of liturgy of of, a, of sorts that, you know, you've got all of these, you know, hallelujahs. And then you come to the to the big, you know, uh, you know, grand finale, you know, the fireworks display where you like shoot off half your fireworks in the last 10 minutes kind of thing right. um, with Psalm yeah. 119. It, it does seem to like be like that.
1: Yes, yes, I, I think you're absolutely spot on with that, you know. And, and I think, you know, and, and this is one of the dangers of of when we study the scriptures, um, we, you know, they they have to be indexed because there's no way you, you can study with, without them having them being indexed because you got to be able. To, but when you start to pull them apart, you know, verse by verse, you know, chapter by chapter, uh, one of the dangers is we lose the holistic nature of it, and how mm. how. How Part A fits with Part B, and you know, and, and that's one of those things. You know, even in our own hymnal, I mean, the hymns are grouped together. But there's a there's a, when you turn the, when you turn the page from 451 to 452, it is clear that these are different works.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and
1: sometimes I think we import that when we yeah. look at the psalms, and, and 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 we we do miss out on the connectivity that exists, not just within books or in chapters, could, could we get that narrative, but we also have this continuity in the Psalms.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, and like and and i it's not unfair to say that you know it's it's the it's the hymnal of the bible or like the old testament hymnal right and to make those sorts of comparisons and and certainly there are a lot of instances where i mean i mean there's even a couple instances right where the same the very same psalm occurs in different psalm books right so right. there is something like that that in some ways it does kind of feel like it is kind of five mini hymnals that have been glued together but right. as you were saying Um, that that doesn't mean that they're all the part at the back where it's just kind of like each one of these is a hymn that has nothing to do with the one before it. Um, That like our hymnal, which has liturgies in the front part, right? Like some of the stuff in here is kind of more like, you know, like a a service or or like, uh, you know, kind of some of those like longer things like the, um, oh, what's the thing that I'm thinking of here? The, uh, not the suffrages, but the... um, the litany, oh, the right? Litany, the litany. Yeah, you know, yes. it's it's kind of, it's it's kind of it's kind of a little bit like that, where it just kind of goes on for pages. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think that you 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 don't want to you don't want to miss the forest for the trees here. And so, right. I mean, that really is interesting. Then, uh, when you do get to Psalm one eighteen, if that is kind of the big climactic conclusion, right, where this is all mm-hmm. going, uh, well, it's it's praise for the the word of God, which right. uh, which is, I, I think, it really. There's something really intuitive about it because it's broken down by letters, and like what has what has a bunch of letters in it? Well, a book does, right? And and so I, I think there is this kind of uh, or spoken language, right? Has all these different sounds, right? Because there were no difference mm-hmm. in Hebrew between the sounds and um, the letters, you know, like like you have in English where it's like you know five different letters all make the same sound. Uh, right. So so I think that idea that of uh, this is all kind of heading towards. Praising God for the Word, I, mm-hmm. I think that, that that it can't be missed in, in these Psalms here. That if we kind of interpret one fourteen and one fifteen away from that, then we're kind of missing where this is all going and what what kind of the big point is.
1: Well, but think about that. You've got all of this stuff. You've got all of this history that we're looking at in these Psalms. Yeah. And where and where do you get that from? You get that from yeah. the Word, the, the Torah. Word. Yeah, you know, you, you get that from the word, and I think, you know, you're setting the groundwork, and then you're 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 singing the groundwork, and then you you hit that climax in in the in the, in the acrostic psalm.
2: Right.
0: Yeah, and that, and that really is a truly. Unique psalm too. There's no other I mean, there's lots of a well, there's a handful of acrostic psalms um, in the Psalter, but none of them are like that. Where it's just like like a whole mini psalm, basically, where like every exactly. line in that section is like that. So it, it's it's really unique moment in the whole of the of the 150 like that. Right. So I mean, it, you really you, you gotta be like, hang on a second, we gotta pay some respect to that. So like you were saying, like when you look at 114 and 115. Well, yeah, we we know about when the sea looked back and fled, when the Jordan turned back, uh, because of the word. Not necessarily because we went back and read it all, but because we heard these stories in Sunday school, right? Just like how we've been reading in Exodus. You, you when your when your son asks you, "Hey, why why are you doing this, Dad?" Well, you'll tell him, and you'll tell uh, his. You'll tell your son, and he'll tell his son generation to generation so this idea of this living and active word this tradition of the word that's that's passed down is what helps you to make the connections and i think that there um in these first four verses uh, really you, you see the connections are woven together so beautifully how in 114 right at the beginning when israel went out from egypt the house of Jacob from a people of strange language, that rephrasing of it, I think, is is very deliberately generalizing, right? So that it's like, hang right. on a second, this could be kind of interpreted for our own present circumstances if we're like in the situation of the exiles, right? Because Correct. here we are going out from this people of a strange language, not the Egyptians, but this time the Babylonians. So we're making these connections, right? Between... Right between what was going on then and what's going on now and, and and I think you got the same thing going on even hinted at a little bit when Judah became his sanctuary I'm um, talking about the north and the south and right. in verse 3 the sea and then the Jordan you're you're kind of just in one breath kind of almost taking uh, the 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 Passover Exodus event in in Exodus and just connecting it right into entering the promised land crossing the river in in Joshua and we're just kind of tying all this together and how right. else could you make these connections if it weren't for, to your point, the Word of God?
1: Exactly. You know, again, you, 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 taking the known to help us understand the unprecedented. Right. You know, and, and, or, or, to, or better yet, maybe to say, hey, kids, this is precedented. It's yeah. not unprecedented. It is precedented. And what is precedented is the way God works. Yep. You know, we have behaved like this. God has behaved better. You know, and yep. and you know He is. He's never. He, he's He's never failing. And I think that's one of those things. You know, you see, if if this is a if this is a a liturgy for exiles. Yeah. You know, think yeah. of it as a liturgy for exiles. He, is, we are rehearsing what God has already done, and His promise that He's. Not going to abandon us
0: uh, absolutely I, I I think I might steal that a liturgy for exiles, and I think that we i, I mean don't <laughs> haven't There's we felt thing like that?
1: Plagiarism in the church it's all free
0: uh, that, that's right That's all well, see it's, it's it's just the word right it's the tradition yeah, right'll exactly. just I'll just say okay. it's oral tradition right so it, it just exactly. there it is um but I mean isn't that like i don't know I feel like that's so that's so fitting for the the feeling right um i mean and it's not all bad, don't get me wrong, but like yesterday, as I was sitting there you know, outside uh, as we were worshiping out here in Southern California. That's what that's what we're doing. And in other places too. Um, but I, I mean, truthfully, right? One, it was like, this is weird because in some ways it's like they've kind of like driven us out of the building, right? They've kind of, yeah. and that kind of being driven out, that that does kind of have this kind of weird kind of parallel feeling to what was going on um, yeah. in the Exodus or by the decree of Cyrus later, like we talked about in Isaiah. So like there there are these kinds of Parallels, um, you know, in, to this kind of exile feeling in in different ways, but it's it's not um, it's it's not all it's not all bad, and I think that's kind of like the the thing to see this here when 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 God uses the authorities to drive you out, the pattern of God's word is that good things happen. In that sure. context, right? I mean, is, isn't that isn't that interesting, right? I mean, it's not the focus is not so much that it's a bad thing, and um, and in fact, a, a brother pastor um, who I went to seminary with just yesterday, actually guest on the program, uh, Lucas Witt, uh, he just texted me yesterday, and he was like, "I could totally get used to worshiping outside," and I was like, "I I, I could too," because frankly, I mean, I in some ways I thought it was better than what we've been doing um, at my congregation at St. Paul's in Irvine, uh, worshiping in the gymnasium even. I'm like. It's beautiful out here. <laughs> I mean, this is this is awesome in some ways, you know. And uh, I, I know, so so this idea, right, that there's this connection, and it's a liturgy for for us, even in our situation.
1: Yeah, you know, and I, we, you're right. I think there, you know, when we see, you know, this is there, there is some American arrogance in this. You know, uh, well, nobody's ever faced this before. Yeah, yeah, they have. Yeah, yeah, they have. You know, the church mm-hmm. has faced this before, and, and 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 there are times, you know, and and the answer for us is, you know, we we run into this where we could we could assert our rights, which there are times right. when we need to, right. but really our first step is not asserting our left hand kingdom rights. Right. Our first step is our right hand kingdom retreat into. The one who made us, the one who redeemed us, the one who leads us out of exile, the one who brought us out of Egypt, who leads us, who who will who will then lead us out of exile. Because remember, the this is not just Israel's songbook. Paul talks about this in Romans. We are the Israel of faith. This is, their history is our history, not by blood but by adoption.
0: Yeah, well, you know, and that's and that's interesting. You know, um, in it's one in fifteen um skipping down a bit in verse uh, verses 9 10 and 11 right you know he is their help and their shield and and that was that was something i i wasn't i'm actually not entirely sure what to make of that um because i i was it's one of those moments where i would have expected like he is our help and our shield um, you know, something very similar to um, you know, like what is it? is it some 46 was it, but the one that uh, Luther based a mighty fortress on, right? Right, and, and, right? and you would you would just think that you would use that the first person language, but right, there's right. there's the third person language, right? So so it does it does happen. I, I think I think there it's like the idea is like here they are in the situation where they, they feel like there's this discontinuity, right? where they themselves are like, well, I mean isn't that, isn't that crazy to think about this but but we do this today and, and I really appreciate your point where where we kind of treat it like well there was Israel way back when but uh, that was way back when right a lot of things have happened since right. then this isn't the same like stuff got destroyed stuff's different man it's <laughs> it's different and now we're the church so that was them and now this is us right and, and 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 so we think of it that way but the thing is it's crazy is at the time of the exile that's how they thought about it or it's, that's kind of how they felt um, that there was ancient Israel way back then with Moses, right? But now we're something else. This is—stuff got destroyed. It's a different situation, right? So they <laughs> would have been even thinking and sometimes talking like them and us, where where we just kind of lump it all together and say, oh, that's all the Old Testament, right? I mean, uh, I remember it's in Mere Christianity that C.S. Lewis says, you know, um, by God's grace, I suspect— that many, many years from now, people will look back on all this interdenominational squabbling in the Church, and they'll look at it as just a continuation of some of that early Church um, arguments, uh, you know, ironing out the creeds and stuff. But this will just all be remembered as the early Church period um, that gives way to something bigger and more glorious later, right? So, I mean, isn't that just humbling to think about that, that, you know, I don't know, 10,000 years from now, everyone looks back on this, and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, back then in the early Church, you know? Uh, yeah. But just, I mean, just the, the way that that kind of messes with perspective, and then in verse twelve says, "No, no, no! Actually, wait—the Lord has remembered us."
1: Right. You know, and I, what I like about it is the fact that you know it, it's not I, there. What struck me when I when I looked at this is the present nature of it. Mm-hmm. He is their God. He, you know, because cause remember we're rehearsing history to identify to he we're rehear they're rehearsing history. To, to show the precedent of not only our failures but God's presence. He is their God. He is yeah. their you know he is their help. You know, so so he's already transitioning, taking the known to the unknown. And, and 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 why does he do that? Because the Lord remembers us. And he's gonna do the exact same thing for us that he did for them. Why? Because we are them you yeah. know, Pogo Pogo has seen the enemy, and is it is us. Well, we we're the redeemed, and it is us. You know, and we're gonna yeah. it, it's gonna lead us back. It, it, he he's going to lead us back to where we you know, and it's also fitting. You know, it's also fitting in the last couple of weeks. You know, the the the, the liturgical. You know, the, this is where the lectionary is so golden. You know, we're talking about this right now in a time like this, and 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 we've heard the parable of the sower. And 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 then yeah. you know we heard the parable of the sower, and 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 you you see this. Okay, what happens? You know, is the church getting smaller? I don't think it is. I think it's right sizing. Yeah. You know, I think it's right sizing. It, 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 you know, there are fewer people, there are fewer people gathering for worship. Yes, and I know there are some reasons for this. Um, do I? You know, I read an article last week about how how I'm you know how the church. You know that that there are a lot of people who are using this as the excuse to end their relationship with the church. Yeah. Period. You know, and and you know, is this the persecution? Is this the challenge? Because there is no root. You know, and, and and that's the danger. But but God is calling us. You know, this is what this is why we need to read the Old Testament right now to drive us back to lead us back so that we can hear again that listen while you're facing these times. The one who the one who scatters that seed on the road, on the rocks, in the weeds, and on the good soil, is still doing his thing, yeah. and he still has the ability to break up your your break up your road to to uh, to to break up your road to uh, to give soil to your rocks, to weed out your your patch, and and lead you to produce. But it all goes back to him. It all goes back to the word. You know, and this yeah. Right. This is where this is where we need to be going.
0: Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. That this is you know this this isn't the the, the decline. This isn't the you know it just it just goes from smoldering to entirely snuffed out. But th- this is this is like you were saying. This is where God is is doing some weeding. God is is doing some work on the garden, and it's painful. Pruning is uh, hey that that's sharp, right? That that hurts. But th- this is this is the this is the the mess that comes right before Reformation and rejuvenation, right. and and, right. and I think I I am absolutely confident that that's what is actually coming on the other side of this, um, just as it has every other single time. I mean, get, going back to the exile, right, or or even the Exodus, where it's like, hang on a second, we were in Egypt and now we're just wandering around in the middle of nowhere oh, now we're all just going to die, and that's the end of the story. Or the, the exile, like, okay, we, we were a people, and then they came and destroyed everything, so I guess that's the end of the story, right? How many times have the people of God uh, been looked down upon, and everyone says, okay, this is the end of their story, and it's really just God's getting warmed up? And, and I think that that's where you get this middle section then uh, with the taunt, and, and then— particularly, you know, in verse 2, then, of 115, why should the nation say, where is their God? You know, this is exactly what people are asking today. Um, Mm -hmm. I I mean, I actually, like, I saw the question, like, why would God, you know, if God were in control of everything, why would he let uh, all these churches get closed, and why would he let people get infected, you know, in their congregations, right? This is what people are asking. But then there is, their idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. We get back to this, Theme that you see again and again, and this is isn't it interesting here that of of all the uh, ways that this has been broken down in the ESV, you are pointing this right kind of into these like little groups of two lines, like in one fourteen. Yep. This one is just a big group of what is that five lines in, right. in kind of what would be then the center of this big two part psalm, right. and it's right. about idolatry.
1: Yes, which is our ultimate problem. All sin is idolatry.
0: Yeah,
2: you know,
1: that's our heart, that's the heart of our that's the heart of our that's the heart of our issue. No matter what challenge we're facing, it is this ongoing reminder that He's God, we're not, uh, we're not, you know, there we are not accepting applications for God, and the job's not yours. And, yeah. and and this is this ongoing thing, you know. And and we have these foreign, you know, and, and again, all of these things describing what you, when you read what happens in the exile in the Old Testament. These verses are, they, these guys. These verses are, are are encapsulating what happened to them in the exile. You know, you know, the, you know, what got Daniel in trouble? He wouldn't pray. He he wouldn't he, he wouldn't pray. What got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in trouble? They wouldn't kneel down when when the the harp and the lyre and the trigon and all those things blew. They wouldn't kneel down. Yeah. You know, and and, and all and and because they he'd set up this huge image. You know, which is really interesting. I'm glad we're doing this because I'm actually going to be starting an online Bible study in Daniel starting on Wednesday.
0: So it's it's oh yeah, this is awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, no, very, very very good. And uh, hey, you know, I think uh, did did you were you were you a guest at some point during the Daniel series that we did? I was Um, not. Ah, well, you missed out. That was so much fun. We we got into all this stuff about. Um, Antiochus IV and Tychus, um, Epiphanes the fourth, and the Seleucids and you know all, yep. all this fantasticness. but yeah, yeah, Daniel, very very good, very, very fitting. But as you were saying, yeah, it, it's um, it, it's in some ways, it seems like this whole bit about we're not going along with the idolatry and this is what always gets God's people into trouble. On, on the other hand, it's also it seems this is why God drives us out to begin with so that we can be in a place away from the idols. Um, and, and and that was really something that um, that struck me when I was when we were going over the Ten Commandments. It I was like looking at it again, and I mean I'm not saying this is necessarily how you're supposed to read it, but there is there are a couple things that are are a little bit suggestive of this. But back in Exodus 20, where it says, you know, "I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me." Just because of the way that Hebrew syntax works, the way that you could read that is, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, so that you wouldn't have any other gods before me. Right. That that idea, like I took you out of there, so that I'd get you away from all these idols. That's right. that's why I did it. Um. And and then in fact, turning this no idolatry thing into rather rather than a, a work of the law, into a work of God's gospel, that he's the one who got us away from the idols. And I, I think on a certain level, even if that's not exactly what's going on perhaps in, in Exodus 20 or, you know, make the comparisons to Deuteronomy 5, that that is it is accurate on, on a certain level, spiritually speaking, that even in these moments here, when God does this to us, He's he's getting us away from the idolatry. Just as he was getting his people away from the idolatry of the temple— and the idolatry of Judah, like what's going on yes. in the South when the Babylonians came through, and is he not driving us out of the idolatry that we have going on in the church today in America? Because I, we, like you had just said, have been clinging on and going along with far too much. And 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 you mentioned the stuff about insisting on our rights, and this is this is just true that we have been going along with the idolatry the idolatry of freedom. Um, Freedom's not a bad thing. It's a gift from God, but it's so that we can worship him. And you know what? Just like Daniel and his friends, we can still worship God whether we have our hands tied or whether they're free, whether we are not bothered by the government, or whether we're about to be thrown into the fire. That is not an ultimate thing. It's a thing we thank God for, but the moment we make it ultimate, we have idolized it. And maybe this is a moment where God's driving a little bit of that idolatry out of our hearts.
1: Oh, I, I think, you know, we, you know, occasionally you have to be very careful making comparisons like this, you know. But I, but I think it, it's not a hard one to make, you know. When when you sit there and and to see, you know, but, it, but by like token, you know, you have you, you're separated from a while um, because we have this. You know it it's talk about verse eight of psalm one fifteen those who make them become like them, yep, so do all who trust in it. How often and, and that is what we do. The human heart is an idle factory that is more efficient than any manufacturing plant ever produced. Ford can manufacture cars and and, and man, you know and, or, or ventilators or whatever they can crank them out by the ton, right and yep. that's the way our human heart is with idols and and what we do it, it is even so it's not it's not like it has to be a retrofit or it's not like it has to be a brand new one we we can retrofit something that is good and make it an idol yeah you know whether, you know you know you sit there we can make you know i i serve in a legacy church the we built the new church in 1890 it is very easy to make what, our building an idol
2: yeah
1: but it's but it's what's so what's so refreshing to see when the people come back and they're overcome.
2: Oh, yeah, it's so
1: good to be in the house of the Lord that idolatry has been stripped away and they come back.
0: That, that's that's so well said. It, it, it's it's not to say that these things aren't good, right? Just like your your church right. sanctuary is is not bad. No, I mean it's a gift from God to have have an old sanctuary that you have traditions and, and a sense of place and connection, right? Uh, but these good things, like you said, get retrofitted into bad things, and and, right. and w- when they become these ult- ultimate things, idols. And so, uh, you know, this section here, it's not as if uh, the, the people who you know were looking at the silver and gold. Thought that like, oh well, you know, this actual piece of gold is uh, this is a god here, right The point is, I mean, they, they thought it was kind of do a real God, like out there in the heavens or something like that, right right uh, the, the, the problem is it's like we, we do this stuff, and we're like we think we're so sophisticated, and we're like, oh, well, these are principles, and this is something in the Declaration of Independence, and we have all this sophistry, right, but let's get back down to it if we make an ultimate thing an idea or a principle or or, or some proof. Well, we are just as dead and sterile as that. We have to make our ultimate thing only the Lord Jesus Christ, who's a living, breathing human person, God incarnate himself. That's how we're blessed. So thank you so much, brother. Awesome stuff. Just way too much to talk about in one session. But I I think we we didn't miss the forest this time. Amen to that. (laughs) Thank you, brother. Everybody, that was Pastor Nathan Metter, St. John, Plymouth, Wisconsin. Going back to Exodus till then, I'm Pastor AJ Espinosa. Peace.
3: You've been listening to Thy Strong Word, produced by the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate Office of National Mission in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.